This podcast almost cost me $20,000 to produce. capitalist. You are addressing the gap between your successful, fulfilling W-2 job and building wealth for your family through real estate investing. You are ready to earn, invest, repeat. Welcome to the W-2 Capitalist Podcast. Now, let's get to work. Here's your host, Jay Helms. What's up, y'all? My name is Jay Helms. I am the founder of the W2 Capitalist. I just went full cycle on my very first private money loan where I was the lender. And in order to get my money back, I did have to consult with an attorney and employ some tactics I never even thought about. So I want to thank you to the members of the W2 Capitalist Mastermind for those tactics. So in today's episode, I'm going to give you a few tips on what to look for when making your first private money loan and a few tricks to use when your borrower doesn't pay, starts ghosting you, and runs the risk of never paying you back. Disclaimer, before we go any further, I need to give you this disclaimer. I am not an attorney, and all content in this episode and any episode of the W2 Caps podcast should be considered for entertainment purposes only. If you find yourself in a similar situation as I'm about to explain, do yourself a favor and consult an attorney. Right. Tip number one, always when you are lending money, private money lending a note, right? We're going to use note and loan as interchangeable terms through this episode. But as you're doing your first private money loan, make sure that is a secured note by an asset. In the private money lending space, actually just in the lending space, there are unsecured and secured loans, right? Or unsecured and secured notes. I will never and I absolutely mean never do another unsecured loan. I very rarely talk in absolutes, but if this scenario has taught me anything, it's to never loan on an unsecured note, right? So having a secured loan just means that your loan is backed by something, right? This could be a vehicle, this could be a piece of equipment, this could be someone's personal residence, right? Preferably, you want what's securing your note to be a piece of real estate, right? Where you are in the first lien position. For example, in your private house, right? Or in your private house, in your personal residence, uh, if you own it, right? Or you have a mortgage from the bank, the bank is in first lien position, meaning that if you don't pay your mortgage payment every month, the bank can foreclose on you, they can kick you out, and they can gain possession of the property. That's what I'm talking about when you have, when you're doing private money loans, make sure you're in first lien position on whatever thing that is, preferably a piece of real estate, right? And in my case, a case that again, almost cost me 20,000 bucks, my private money loan was unsecured, meaning that the borrower or the borrower's LLC was the personal guarantor, right? When you hear unsecured, think think about there is absolutely no guarantee that you'll ever get your money back, right? It's extremely risky. And if you go down this path, ensure this is worth your while, right? Be sure that juice is going to be worth the squeeze, right? Knowing who or what is going to guarantee or secure your loan is huge, huge, absolutely huge, which leads me to tip number two, right? So tip number two, 
do your due diligence on the potential borrower. I do not care how well you think you know this person. At minimum, you're going to have them complete a background or credit report check for you, right? There are tons of background and credit reporting services out there. I've actually started my second private money loan since, uh, since this whole mishap of maybe possibly not getting my money back. And I used mysmartmove.com hashtag not sponsored uh, to complete the background and credit checks. Uh, I'm not affiliated or sponsored by this service. It's just something I used back when we used to manage our own properties. And I, I just love how the system works. Basically, you send your potential lender a link. They're going to fill out all the necessary info, right? They pay the $40 application fee. And then on the back end, you get the report, right? You get to see what's going on with them financially, credit-wise, and all that good stuff, right? Word of warning. So bonus tip. This is bonus tip for tip number two, right? Don't loan to an entity, don't loan to an LLC, an S Corp, anything like that. In most cases like mine, right, where I, I loan to an LLC, my lawyer warned me that if I press the individual too hard, right, he's not paying, he's not ghosting, I'm, try, I'm starting to get aggressive at trying to get him to communicate with me and trying to figure out what's going on. My lawyer warned me, they said, if you push him too hard, chances are what he's gonna do, if he's smart about this, he will dissolve that LLC that you have a loan to or file bankruptcy for that LLC, which will and just go create a new one, right? And keep doing his business. If he were smart enough to do this, there would be little to nothing I could do about getting my money back, right? This is why it is extremely important to have your note, you know, your private money backed by an asset, right? Preferably, again, I'm going to say this again. I'm just not the last time I'm going to say it putting you as a first lien position on a piece of real estate, right? And if you're going to loan to an LLC, if you're choosing to forego my warning here, right? Ensure that that entity is an actual active business. This is something I did not do and is in good standing with the secretary. You can research these business records just by Googling your state name with the phrase secretary of state, right? This, the secretary of state is the one that holds all the business license for your state. You just want to make sure they're in good standing and good health with the state before you loan any monies to them, right? All right, so second bonus tip. So this is bonus tip number two on tip number two. Anyway, ensure your borrower owns their own home. At least they have some, you know, they, something they're living in. They're not renting, right? It wasn't until my borrower was three months behind payments that I realized he didn't own his own home, right? He was just a renter. I'll explain more on why that is important in just a minute. Uh, but if you're asking yourself, Jay, this sounds like a horrible story. Why did you even loan money to this guy anyway? That's a great question. Uh, I felt like I knew him. Uh, we were we are in the same RIA. He he's actually done work at my personal residence before for the trade he's in. He presented uh, what I thought was a compelling business plan, and I was looking to do. Uh, to be a little more risky with my money. As you guys know, if you've been following for a while, you know I'm super conservative uh, with my money and I was looking to get into a little more risky stuff and, and this, this was it, right? All right, so tip number three, communicate with your borrower and communicate with them often, right? If they start missing payments and getting behind, send them certified letters by the US Post Office, right? You'll have tracking, number one, you'll have tracking to make sure it's delivered. 
The second part is they'll, they actually have to sign for it. And once they sign for it, you get the card back saying, Hey, they signed for the letter you sent them. Right. And that is proof that they received it. They cannot claim that they got lost in the mail. Right. And if you're being ghosted by the numerous phone calls, text, emails, a certified letter like this one right here is a great play, right? More on ghosting coming up in tip number five, but on the certified letters, the borrower just has to sign for it, right? And in my case, as you can see by these yellow stickers here, these are return to sender stickers from the US Post Office, right? My borrower actually moved addresses without telling me. And when those stickers came back, one of the things that I could figure out is where he was having his mail forwarded to, right? So that was a, that was a huge thing about a certified letter that not only was he attempted to uh, he would have to sign for it if he ever received it. And that's proof that he received. This was a 90 day notice that he was behind on his payment. Um, but if it doesn't, I get the return to sender. It shows me where this mail is being forwarded to, right? So certified letters, by the way, they're super cheap. This one cost me $6 and 40 cents to send, right? Tip number four, skip tracing. Uh, as real estate investors, we use skip tracing to find homeowner contact info all the time, right? And in my case, the the uh, my borrower had moved and I did not have this back yet. Even if I did have this, when I looked up the address, it was a very interesting address. I'm not gonna get into all that. But I needed to be able to contact somebody that had his updated info. I thought was well, surely his current landlord or his previous landlord, since he had moved, right? His previous landlord has to have some forwarding information, whatnot. Um, and I did not have that info. I script traced his landlord to find uh, his landlord's contact info, right? I had hoped this tactic would produce some results, right? One of the things that produced for me, it made me realize just how urgent I needed to be on trying to get my money back. And it helped me prioritize, right, on, on where I needed to do. Um, this landlord used lines like, uh, good luck, um, get in line. And if I had a nickel for every time somebody called looking for my John Doe, right, for my bar my borrower. Uh, I use PropStream for skip tracing to find the, uh, the landlord's information. Uh, hashtag they are a sponsor of the W2 Capitalist podcast. And a link to gain a seven-day free trial to use PropStream will be in the show notes and descriptions. But skip tracing the landlord's content information cost me one dime, 10 cents, right? Tip number five, dealing with ghosting. What I mean by ghosting is when your borrower does not respond, right? You don't get an answer from your borrower after you've texted, called, emailed, or a response to a certified letter, right? It gets returned to you because they moved for whatever reason. Um, and I already mentioned the use of certified letters, but I have a couple more tricks I use to deal with this ghosting individual. Again, a huge thanks to the members of the W2 Capitalist Mastermind for giving me these ideas. Uh, so let's get into those, right? So trick number one in dealing with ghosting, Certified letters, right? Trick number two that actually produced some results was to send video messages, right? I said the exact same thing that I was planning to over text, but I did it in video format so that my borrower can see, he can feel, and he can understand the tone that I was using. It was very effective, very effective. I suggest when you do this, be aggressive, but do not be threatening. You don't want anything coming back to you from a legal standpoint that says you're a threatening individual, right? But be aggressive. Trick number three in dealing with ghosting, chances are you are already connected with your borrower on social media. If not, you should be connecting with your borrowers on social media prior to lending them money, right? 
And with most social media platforms, you get to see your mutual connections, right? What I did when this uh, borrower started ghosting me, I reached out to those mutual connections with a message somewhere, someone like this said, hey, I see we're mutually connected to John Doe, right? John Doe is my borrower. Rumor has it, John owes a bunch of people money and I can't get him on the phone. Have you talked to him lately? And they would respond, we'd kind of go back and forth. Well, and most of them had not talked to him, but that, but I would respond with, well, if you do talk to him, can you let him know that I'm worried about him and to ask him to give me a call, right? Now, I sent somewhere close to 70 messages like this and it produced. It is it is very effective tactic that you can use, right? Tip number six, right? If you do have to hire an attorney, I started this video out saying that I had to hire an attorney and consult with an attorney, but as you're interviewing attorneys, before you divulge the details to any attorney uh, that you have not technically hired yet, provide that attorney your borrower's name or the entity name to ensure that there is no conflict of interest for that attorney. The last thing you wanna do is divulge all the gory details to this attorney to find out that your borrower or your entity already has them on retainer. Now they know your side of the story, they know what angle you're gonna come from, and there's nothing you can do about it, right? So I wanna pause right here and, and highlight a red flag that I now see after the whole thing's gone down, right? I get that folks who need money can be aggressive, but if someone who wants to borrow from you is texting you more times in a day than a stage five clinger, chances are they are super desperate and this should be a huge red flag. It's a huge warning message, right? So let's review real quick and then I'll get to tip number seven. Tip number one, ensure you're in first lien position on a secure note, not unsecured, but secured primarily by a piece of real estate, right? Number two, do your due diligence. I don't care how well you think you know the person, have them give you references, use the channels at your disposal, have them fill out a credit check or background check that's somewhat that's available similar to what mysmartmove.com provides, right? Tip number three, communicate and communicate often through social media, certified letters from the US Postal Service and video text messages. Tip number four, skip tracing through companies like PropStream can be your best friend to finding contact info in a super inexpensive way. Again, it cost me 10 cents to find that landlord's contact information and that helped me prioritize. That was the best dime I've ever spent, right? Tip number five, how to deal with ghosting, right? We went over that. Tip number six, know the attorney you want to hire. Make sure they don't have a conflict or of interest before telling him or her the gory details. And tip number seven, trust your gut. Right, something didn't feel right about executing this loan the day the borrower sh showed up at my house to sign the paperwork. I was outside, I was playing with my kids, and everything from his walk up the driveway, his body language throughout our conversation, and his eyes were just being somewhat very shifty, just told me, my gut was telling me at that moment, I should not do this deal and that I should walk away. I didn't listen to that, obviously, and I believe it's because I followed these tactics that it all worked out. All right, folks. Uh, that is the seven tips and tricks that I want to give you about making your first ever private money loan. And if you're interested to learn more about the W2 Capitalist Mastermind, which is, is where I got most of this information, uh, I really have to give them credit for these tactics that allowed this to end in a very positive note for me. There's a link in the show notes below. You can check us out at w2capitalist.com forward slash mastermind.